and welcome back to Gathering Growth. As you can hear, I have like no voice whatsoever. So I am not going to subject you to listening to a whole episode where I sound like this. However, even though I had worked so ahead on maternity leave, I had a new episode due this week. I was planning to record when I came home from my little mastermind retreat weekend with my Ascend coaches, Kaya, Kylie, and Hannah. And then I woke up like this. So Jill, my absolute angel of a podcast manager, and I were chatting about some different options. We considered moving around some guest episodes, but we already have a lot laid out and I didn't want to throw everything off. But then I remembered this really, really cool conversation that I had with Sarah from the Throwing Wrenches, Mending Fences podcast a couple of months ago. It aired on her show back in September. And I just remember getting off that interview and being like, wow, that was such a good conversation. Like I love when you're talking to someone, especially someone new that you don't know super well, and you just get in the flow and you find all these little things that you have in common. And they just ask the right kind of questions that brings out things that you passionately talk about in a different way than sometimes even comes out in a solo episode. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of reverse the mic for this episode and let you hear my interview with Sarah. We're going to link everything about her show and about her in the show notes. So be sure to send her a message that says, thank you. Be sure to check her out. Tag her after you listen to this message and share about it to your stories. You know, we always appreciate when you listen and share with the people that you love and also on social media. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your grace and understanding and cross my fingers, promise that the next time it's ready for a solo episode that I will in fact have a voice again. So Until then, I am so forever grateful for you. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Throwing Wrenches and Mending Fences podcast. I am your host, Sarah Zastro, and today I am super excited because we have Emily Rushel on the show. Welcome, Emily, and thank you so much for being here today. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So we were just chit-chatting before. We're both pregnant right now, which if you're listening to this episode when it first comes out, this is my first official announcement on the podcast that I'm expecting baby number two. So that'll be exciting. And this got me thinking, like, how in the heck do I balance more? on my plate, right? So that's what Emily and I are going to talk all about today. And she's expecting baby number three. So she's got it going on. She's uh, got things figured out. So I'm excited for you to lay down (laughs) wisdom on me. I am laughing that you think I have it all figured out because I feel like we are all just in constant pursuit of trying to have something figured out. So some days I feel like I have it figured out. And some days I'm like, what is, what is life? (laughs) Isn't that funny? We all like assume other people know what they're doing and have things together. And everyone is just like swimming around trying to figure out what they're going to eat for lunch that day. You know, (laughs) that is so true. I think there's like multiple things to take apart there. And just first of all, the perception of what we assume other people are are thinking or experiencing life as. And then also just, you know, some days things do flow really well. And then some days it's like, what is going on? What am I even having for dinner? What, what am I doing here? So I feel that. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Okay. So tell me a little bit about you and your husband, what you guys do, what your farm looks like and, and what life looks like for you guys. Absolutely. So we live here in West Central Illinois and grow primarily corn and soybeans, multi-generational farm, 
you know, every time I try to say what generation it is, I say it wrong. So I've just stopped, <laughs> but you know, we're raising like the sixth or seventh generation around here. There's some semantics based on, are we talking about the home farm? Are we talking about the land we farmed before? You know how it goes. Yes. <laughs> but we grow corn and soybeans. I did not grow up in agriculture. I grew up in what I thought was a small town in Southern Illinois. I thought we were really in the middle of nowhere because I had been to the county fair and had seen cornfields and cows before. But you know, as luck and fate would have it, I met myself a farmer. And as I'm sure many, many people listening to this podcast relate to, farms don't move. So people do. Yeah. So I found myself out here in a much more rural area of the state. We're like 45 minutes from where we go and get groceries, all of that shenanigans. And so you know, there was definitely this transition period where I was so excited to be raising our family here. Truly, there is no place I'd rather be, no other lifestyle that I imagined for our kids, but also trying to figure out how I fit into this picture, especially as someone coming into the operation, into the family, and into the industry for the first time. So, for the early part of our marriage, once we moved back, I was actually a classroom teacher. Professionally, I am a elementary school teacher by trade. I spent five years teaching fourth grade before on a total leap of faith, leaving the classroom to work in the nonprofit space. I served as a director of youth and family development for our local YMCA for four years, which is really where... I began the journey that ultimately got me to the work that I'm doing today. Had my daughter during that time. I underwent a health journey that really opened my eyes to this world of personal growth and personal development, helped me really reframe who I was and what I was doing in the world. And so kind of on the middle slash tail end of the biggest piece of that journey, I started you know, following all these different accounts online both in the personal growth space and then also alongside that, trying to establish who I was as a farm mom, as a farm wife, as a woman living in the middle of nowhere with ties to agriculture. And so I started following a lot of people in that space and it kind of felt like I was walking between worlds. Like I didn't necessarily see representation at that time of women in this rural ag kind of realm talking about personal growth and personal development. And I just had this moment of, I cannot be the only one who lives in the middle of nowhere <laughs> who is thinking about intentionality or the kinds of parenting styles that I was researching or what it meant to train for a half marathon or pursue goals or any of that stuff. So I did what any totally sane person would do in the middle of a pandemic and started an Instagram account that ultimately <laughs> led me to the work that I'm doing today. So really the through line of what I do is very consistent with the conversation I wanted to start in the first place. And that is helping rural women, small town women, women in agriculture get really intentional on what they really want and kind of break out of that, that rat race cycle of expectations that they've internalized or expectations of other people and get clear on their goals and habits and priorities and whatever that may look like and really live life on purpose. So there's a lot of personal growth and professional growth and development that is intertwined in all of that. But, you know, I have a podcast called Gather and Growth. I travel across the country to facilitate workshops and deliver keynotes. I facilitate small group mastermind conversations and host in-person retreats that, like I said, all kind of boil down to that same mission of helping guide women through their very, very personal growth journeys. That is incredible. I feel like it's so cool 
how you came to that place, but then also how that's evolved over the last kind of couple of years. I was listening to your episode, like your one year anniversary episode about how like personal growth has changed for you. And I feel like it's changed so much for me as well. And partially as my career has changed, as jobs have changed, as I had a baby and partially when the pandemic happened and I was forced Mm -hmm. to sit with everything that I had been running from, right? Mm -hmm. And so prior to that, I was just like, personal growth is all about reaching for your biggest goals and being your best self and being the best person you can be. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, but I have this gaping hole in who I am now. Mm -hmm. And that was so tough for me. And I think that just in coming through, like, I feel like the pandemic was the biggest pivotal point in that, and that it's so important that we do find people in the same space as us, both women in agriculture, people living in rural America, people who are not super well connected geographically, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't meet other moms for moms groups or different things like that, you know? So it's important that we find what works for us. And whether that means geographically or in that I want to be a stay-at-home mom or I want to be a whatever, fill in the blank, right? I think that it's so cool that we've all kind of come to this place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the pandemic, whether consciously or subconsciously, really served as a catalyst for that awakening for a lot of people is like every structure that we thought we needed in our life or that we relied on or that we were just a part of all of a sudden decimated in a matter of days. And so I know for a lot of people, myself included, it was like the first time that I wasn't busy and that I had to be quiet and had to listen and had to figure out like what life or fulfillment or whatnot looked like just within myself, which I think for a lot of us, especially those of us who maybe identify as achievers or something like that, it's the first time that I really had to be quiet with myself and listen to myself and face so many things that I didn't even know that I was running from. And I think that's true for so many of us. So many of the women I work with have been operating on some elements of autopilot. And it doesn't mean that everything is bad by any means, but it's like, you know, I worked really hard in high school to to build up my resume, my college application. I got into the school I wanted to. I worked my tail off in college. I had all these internships. I got the dream job. I've, you know, worked my way up, blah, 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 whatever career looks like. I got married. We moved back to the farm. We had the baby, like life is so good. And I'm grateful, but something's not quite right. And I think a lot of times that comes from a misalignment in sometimes really big ways and in sometimes really small ways, but it boils down to like that intentionality and that living life on purpose. And it's like, whose expectations are you living into? Why are you doing the things that you're doing? How much of this is just happening to you versus deciding how you want to show up in the world. And so to bring it back, I think COVID was like a really collective experience that, you know, some people recognize in that moment, like, wow, there's like a totally different reality that I could exist in. And for some people, I think it just planted the seed and now we're starting to actively make the changes and ask the hard questions. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. Spot on. It's so fascinating, like how, I don't know, how we all have these kind of similar experiences, right? Same thing, like, oh, I did all these resume builders and then my resume was really good and I got in and I did it and I got the job and then I feel empty, you know, or not Mm -hmm. empty, but something's not right, you know? And so interesting that we all have that same experience and or similar experience or you know it it might look different for you right a lot of people like I thought motherhood would fulfill me and it just doesn't or Mm -hmm. I thought being a stay-at-home mom would fulfill me or I thought being a farm wife or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be and I think that it in a way I think that for me happiness boils down to being content with where I am now, but I have to have a goal. I have Mm -hmm. to have a direction because I just feel 
stuck without mm-hmm. one. Yeah, yeah. And to take it back, I think it's interesting because so many of the the women that I've worked with and that I've, I've helped along their journey, it's like they have that feeling. And sometimes it's like an inner knowing or some sort of tug. But I think especially as women, and not to make mass generalizations, but we internalize that of like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just be grateful? I've worked so hard for this. I have everything I've ever wanted. Other people would do anything to live my life. Like, I I just need to be happy. I need to be grateful. I need to be whatever. But there's like a part of us that knows that something's not quite right. But we internalize it as shame. And then we like double shame ourselves for feeling the way we're feeling instead of digging in to actually figure it out. And I, I I think this can present professionally in family life. Like you said, like, oh, I thought that this was going to be fill me. And I think so many of us get trapped in that cycle. Like once we get married, then we'll be happy. Once I get the promotion, then I'll be happy. Once I lose the weight, then I'll be happy. Once I have a baby, then I'll be happy. Once we get out of the newborn stage, like <laughs> my friend Kaya calls it the lie of once. It's like, yes. we're always assuming that when we get to a certain milestone, then we're all of a sudden going to magically, everything's going to feel right. And the reality is, and I'm so with you, my journey has been multifaceted in that I am an achiever and I am very goal oriented, but I've achieved so many of the goals that I thought happiness was going to be on the other side of and felt equally as discontent on the other. Like, of course I was proud and grateful, but like, it still doesn't feel right. And so I think it's a really interesting paradigm because there's something to be said, like if you are not finding joy and intentionality and purpose and contentment in the very season that you are in, then that is not magically going to be your reality on the other side of literally any goal. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like this interesting dance of like finding that, that purpose, that intentionality, that joy, that, you know, happiness, passion, where you're at while also in pursuit of, of whatever it is that you're working on. And I think a lot of times we do goals backwards. We look at like what everyone else is doing and it's like, oh, well, you know, if I do this, then I'll feel a certain way or they're doing that. So obviously that's what I should do too. And it's like, we put so much weight on the outcome of our output or of our accomplishment or achieve it. Like so many of us are stuck in this like approval addiction. Like I need the gold star to feel good. (laughs) And so it's like, okay, no, let's reverse engineer. Like, what do you actually want your life to look like? And what does that mean on an average Wednesday? Yes. Because we only have so many of these big moments. You know, we get married, the birth of our kids. Maybe we launch the book. Maybe we do get the promotion. Maybe we make the big move. But like, if you lay those all out on a lifetime, there is a finite number of days where you experience like goal accomplishment. Yeah. And if you are constantly banking on those days to make you feel a certain way, you are forever living in the gap. I don't know if you're familiar with the book, The Gap and the Gain. This speaks to this so, so, so well. It's like a book that'll totally hurt your feelings, but it's worth the read. <laughs> I have not heard of it. I'll have to uh, look into it. It sounds really interesting. It's so good. And it totally like is all based on this. Is and, and I think you probably relate to this too. Like how many of us have gotten to the goal and then not even taken a second and a half to celebrate it before we're already like, oh, but I should be doing this or I haven't done this yet. And it's like, gosh, darn it. Like that goal was something that felt impossible five years ago and you're already there, but you can't even enjoy it because you're already moving on. Or I'm like, now I'm complaining because of what that means for my workload or my whatever, you know, like, dang it. Now I have to do it. I got to do the goal or I got to like maintain it or whatever Mm -hmm. the case is. Yeah. Yeah. So what I really love to think about is again, that question is like, what do you want to experience on an average Tuesday when you wake up? Yeah. Like, How do you want to feel? What kinds of people are in your life? What does your schedule look like? How are you spending your time? Because that's what life actually is made up of. Life isn't the culmination of these mega 
moments and experience, life happens in between every single day. Yeah. Like the cup of coffee you drink, the conversations you have with your kids, the work that you do day in and day out, the sunsets that you watch, like the way you take care of your body and your mental health, like that is the reality that dictates the way you feel in your life. And so whenever I'm, you know, walking my clients through that, whether at the retreat or in a mastermind or a one-on-one coaching, it's like, let's reverse engineer this and figure out actually what your values and priorities are. And then then reverse engineer goals from that. Because if we're if we're just arbitrarily picking a goal because we think it's going to make us feel differently, but we like actually hate the day-to-day process <laughs> of working on that goal, that's not going to make you feel any better. Like, cool, crossing the finish line for your marathon might be fun, but like if you literally hate every single second of training, like is that goal really aligned with how you want to spend your time? Probably yeah. not. I think that that's so, the question of how do you want to feel Mm -hmm. on an average Tuesday? Because like our life is made up of average Tuesdays and Mondays Mm -hmm. and Wednesdays and, you know, and so that's so like, I never thought of that before until somebody said it, just like you said it. And it's like, that's, that's what makes the difference. How do I want to show up for my family, for myself, for my, you know, whatever, my business, my job, the farm, whatever that looks like. And it's like, if you're not showing up how you want to, or you're not being the person that you want to be, then it doesn't matter what the goal is. It doesn't matter what you achieved. Because if you're miserable in the meantime, or not even miserable, but just less than feeling the way you want to, then Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. You know? I think finding contentment in the in-between is Mm -hmm. really challenging for a lot of people, you know, certainly myself included. Well, and I think a lot of us don't even stop and give ourselves permission to feel our feelings. Yes. (laughs) So it's like, we're all just walking around on autopilot and sure your head hits the pillow and you're like, oh man, today sucked, whatever. But like, we don't always even take that step back to reflect on why and feel totally disempowered in our ability to change our reality. Hey friend, are you ready to take your growth to the next level? Do you crave building meaningful connections with like-minded women who get you? Then you need to be at the Ascend Retreat. My upcoming Ascend Retreat is a four-day event that will be held in Gulf Shores, Alabama from March 14th through 17th. During the retreat, you'll have the opportunity to connect with other real women who are passionate about personal growth, gain clarity around your goals and priorities that are keeping you awake at night, learn from experienced coaches and mentors, including Kylie Epperson, Coach Kaya, and yours truly, create an action plan to bring your dream life to fruition, and participate in workshops, guided activities, and individualized coaching that will not only help you grow and evolve, but shed the limiting beliefs that are keeping you stuck. So what are you waiting for? Register for Ascend today and start the journey to becoming the most aligned, healthy, and purpose-driven version of you. Links to learn more and register are in today's show notes. But wait, there's more. You catch that cheesy reference? Podcast listeners can use code GATHER to save $200 off retreat registration through the month of September. Again, code GATHER at checkout to save $200. I simply cannot wait to ascend with you on the beach this March. And the truth is, like, there are very few things you actually have to do. Yes. But we get so hung up in our mind on all these rules that we've created for ourselves on the ways that we have to show up or what our obligations or responsibilities look like. And yes, obviously there are some things that are like, you know, if you're a mom, there are some things you have to do as a mom. But a lot of what is overfilling our plates is like self-imposed or absorbed expectations or quote unquote shoulds that have you even questioned what place they have in your life to begin with? Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. And I think that the quality at which we do those things can vary greatly day to day. Mm-hmm. And if we guilt ourselves into that, then it's all a waste, mm-hmm. right? Like I, right now, so my daughter is 16 months right now. So I'm like thinking about what to feed her for lunch and doing all these things, right? And so I go and I'm like, oh, I should, you know, whatever, cut her pineapple into little star shapes and, you know, (laughs) whatever, the stupid things that I should do. And it's like, at the end of the day, she's eating lunch, right? Right. She doesn't even know what a star is. (laughs) So like, I have to remember and remind myself, like, how much energy am I wasting doing things either the right way or going above and beyond or doing things just to make myself feel better? Mm. Knowing that as long as it gets done, it's good right? Like it doesn't have to be tip top shape because then we can use that energy, that passion, that, you know, other space in our day to do something that moves the needle a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that, you know, that's a hard process to do if you've never done it before is to get quiet and listen. And I think the hardest seasons of growth for me have been when I have had to be the most reflective and ask myself really hard questions and confront pieces of me in my past that I, like I said, had been running from or hadn't fully wrapped my head around. And so that can be a really uncomfortable process. But what I know to be true is that on the other side of hard, uncomfortable, messy seasons is always so many blessings and so, so worth it. Well, and like when you finally process through whatever that was, right? Like I'll just give Mm -hmm. you an example. So I like had a particularly crappy end of a job and kind of like went to therapy and was like, okay, yep, I got it taken care of. We're good to go, moved through it and then was forced you know, several years later to sit with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I guess I wasn't really actually through it, right? I guess I wasn't really actually, I didn't really actually process what that meant. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it comes back, right? Like it it just means things in different seasons of life, right? Like that meant a lot different thing or like it it had a different weight after I became a mother. Mm. And so sometimes that can't be avoided, but also, yeah, just sitting with those things that you're forced to sit with can be incredibly difficult and uncomfortable. And we just avoid it, or at least I avoid it at all costs. I'm yeah. an Enneagram seven. So I'm like, mm. oh, painful, uncomfortable. I'm just going <laughs> to run away. I'll just make a new project for myself. I'll yes. just, yeah, make a new goal. And mm. so, yeah, sitting with those things is definitely so uncomfortable. But on the other side of that, that's where the contentment happens. Mm-hmm. And you can't get to it without doing the work in the meantime. Right. Which is also, I will say a really weird place to be in too. Like I started therapy for the first time this past November ish. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Went through a really hard month. And anyone who's listened to my podcast knows, because I was very open about sharing this journey. Cause I'm like, I don't, I can't even pretend like this isn't happening and I don't even know what else to talk about. Like, I'm so glad that you were, because (laughs) I feel like that's so, so a good for people to hear, but also good for you to share, to kind Mm -hmm. of process through all the mess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But then what's interesting is on the other side of a season like that, there's like this weight that's lifted and this peace and this contentment that feels even more uncomfortable than chaos for anyone (laughs) that is like their natural default is like stress or anxiety or trauma or chaos. Like as much as that sucks, it feels like home. And so it was like this total readjustment for not only my brain, but my body to like, what does it look like to operate from a place of peace when I've never experienced this like absence of anxiety before. And that was almost, and I've seen some, you know, graphics and 
reels and TikToks and stuff that explains this, but it's like when your body escapes flight or flight mode for the first time, it's like, it like goes into like total rest mode. And it's like, wait, where's my personality? (laughs) I don't even feel like me anymore, but it's been this like total readjustment period of like, oh, this is just what it looks like to operate in an entirely different headspace. So how do I reconfigure goals and my reality and like I said, my personality around like this new functionality, which is such a beautiful blessing, but weird, weird. I don't know if people always talk about that on the other side of therapy or seasons. (laughs) I feel like nobody talks about that because people typically just go on to the next thing, right? Or we inadvertently create more chaos in our Mm -hmm. our lives for ourselves so that we don't have to sit with that, right? And I know that I've done that so many times. And it's like, Sarah, if you would just not do that anymore, you know what I mean? But I don't know. It, I don't know if it's human nature or ADHD or <laughs> what it is, but man, oh man. Yeah. Well, like I said, it, when you've been existing in one state of your mind or brain or whatever for so long, that's what feels like home. Yeah. And so it's easy to create more because even when stress feels, when stress is what you know, stress feels safe. Yeah. And so it's been like a radical act of like, patience and I guess self-care for lack of a better word to like force myself to actually slow down. And I think like this pregnancy kind of pushed me into that because I literally had no (laughs) physical or mental capacity to do anything otherwise. So maybe that's like the hidden blessing I didn't know that I needed, but Probably. You'll yeah. probably find a few more hidden blessings in, in this season for sure. I, I think so. But ask <laughs> me how I feel about that when we are still in the field and I have a newborn with two other children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. It's going to be fine. Speaking of chaos, right? That'll be yeah. the cherry on top. It'll be something, but. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. So one thing I really want to know is how do you feel balanced or feel like, yeah, I guess balance is in the, it balance mm-hmm. is the right word in the day to day. Like how, mm-hmm. what does balance mean to you? And how do you find that? Yeah, I think balance is such a, a hard word to use because it makes us feel like everything needs to be equal all the time. Yes. And I once heard Jenna Kutcher describe it as the blend. And I was like, oh, I resonate with that so much more because- Yeah, that's a better word. Yeah, because balance just puts even more pressure on ourselves to make sure that equal parts of our energy or attention are like doing all of the things that need to be done at any given time, which again, then causes more stress and shame and yada, yada, yada. So for me, the place that I've gotten to is how do I create, first of all, priorities around how I actually want to be spending my time and what is the most important to me and letting go of the things that I feel like I should be doing or letting go of the comparison about what someone else is doing or what someone else's life looks like or what someone else thinks I should be doing. That was a huge part of the process for me mm-hmm. of, of letting go. And so then from there, thinking about actually creating the reality that I want to exist in. And I think the easiest example for me is you know, between work and family. And I am in a position now where I'm an entrepreneur. So I get to decide what that looks like. But I just as easily could not be what I'm doing right now. And that right now, what works for me is when my kids are not home, I work. And when they are home, I don't work now. Yes. Summer break and school closing and kids getting sick has really thrown a wrench into that over the last six weeks, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I'm an Enneagram three and looking back on my last two careers, both in the nonprofit space and as a teacher, I did not have any kind of boundaries around what work versus family time look like. So I know that that is my natural tendency and it has been a very intentional choice Mm -hmm. to not bring that into my business. And the first, I would say six months, if not year of my business, 
I was not so intentional. And then that's where I started hitting that burnout of like, I want to do this. I need to do this. I want to do that. And as a goal oriented person, it's like, well, I can do it. So I'm going to do it. And then it was like, wait a second. Like I did not leave the job that I was in to create a job where I put work before everything else again. Yeah. So it meant taking a step back and setting different realistic goals for myself and different realistic expectations for what kind of growth I wanted to experience in my professional career and knowing that, yeah, I could, should, I'm putting this in air quotes, you can't see, (laughs) be doing more, but like that doesn't necessarily align with the 360 view of my life and my energy and how I want to spend my time. And so you know, since starting therapy, I've been untangling this like achievement mentality and this approval addiction and like, who am I doing this for? And defining my worth and value and enoughness within myself versus, you know, my achievements or what other people think about yada, yada, yada. I feel like that's so important for farming families Mm -hmm. to have sort of boundaries between work and family. And Mm. because sometimes there are no boundaries, right? And if it's spring and fall and it's pedal to the metal, like there is no space, there is no separation, there is no, we're done at five o'clock, right? And that's, Mm -hmm. that's how it is, right? That's a reality of it. But in June and December and Mm -hmm. March, having a little bit more clarity around, and like we said so many times, like intentionality Mm -hmm. around how are we spending our time? Who are we with? Are we present with those people? And are we doing the things that really matter? That is even more important in those more off seasons, you know, does that make sense? Oh my gosh. This is a soapbox. I could literally stand on forever. (laughs) Oh, I get so frustrated with the amount that we celebrate workaholism in our culture. Like, yes, I think that it is a beautiful trait to be hardworking and be passionate and building legacy and doing what we love. Yes. But I think that this addiction in agriculture to work is a massive detriment to mental health in farmers, is a massive detriment to the family unit. And it's just like collectively embraces, oh, that's just the way it is. Like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. And my husband and I have definitely been on our own journey with this, where when we first came back to the farm, you know, he was wanting to, I don't know, prove himself and get established and do this and do that. And the first summer we had a baby, like you said, it's like July, which means it's getting dark at what, 10 o'clock. And he was still gone past dark every freaking night. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I did not sign up for this. Like, yeah, like you said, I know what planting has to look like. I know what harvest has to look like. Those seasons are hard, but I understand and accept that they are what they are because they're part of what we do. But there is literally no reason unless there is a crisis that you need to be out past dark in July. Yeah. Like if you say that family is your top priority, family is one of your values. And I think I'm not just talking about my husband. I'm talking about collectively. If you're saying like faith, family, farm, but it is 1000% the farm always comes first, then you're not actually like faith and family are not part of your values. And also like if you are having to work that hard on the farm, if there always is a fire to put out, Mm -hmm. then it's time to look at what are the things that you're doing on your farm that are not paying out. Right. Things that you're doing in your operation that are not worth it, that are breaking down all the time, that are causing you so much stress and energy Mm -hmm. and time and parts runs and Mm -hmm. whatever that is. And do you really need to need to need to be doing that? Yes. And that was the, the question that like we had to continuously be asking is, why are we doing it this way? Why are we doing this way? Like, if you look at agriculture as an industry and look at our individual businesses, like we no longer can sustain just by doing things the way they've always been done. If you are in your operation, not asking why you do everything and comparing to that to like 
what your time is worth and your ROI and all of that, like you're just working to work and the to-do list will literally never end and you will never feel like you're accomplished. You will never feel like you're doing enough. Yeah. But that again requires asking hard questions, having hard intergenerational conversations, making massive changes, not only in day-to-day function, but in the culture of your business, which your farm is a business and being able to say like, no, I'm, it's five o'clock and I'm going home. Like my kids are home. Yeah. Dinner around the table is a priority. Yeah. And time is a priority. I'm so glad that you brought that up. It's good that that's a soapbox of yours because I think that it cannot be understated enough that we have to have a little bit of separation between the family and the farm. Mm -hmm. And it's different if you're like, it's different if it's just like you and your kids and your kids are little and it's just your little farm. But if you're like, farming with your brother and your other brother and your dad and your grandpa and your uncle Tim or whatever, then those conversations that start off just you and your spouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you said, those are intergenerational conversations of why are we doing it this way? What is the cost both mentally, emotionally, financial, like actual Mm -hmm. dollar cost, but also like, what's the energy tax like what's the tool yes. that it's taking on our mental health to do whatever and if it's hay or if it's i feel like for a lot of people they're like oh it's hay it's hay hay is the worst you know what i mean so if it's hay start to think about like what why are we doing hay do we need to whatever change the way that mm-hmm. we're doing it because those are the things that that's going to make you be able to have the bandwidth to have these other conversations, to feel yes. contentment, to feel balance, to feel intentionality when you're not running like with your tail on fire. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's having those hard questions. And again, coming down to like, how do you want to be spending your time? Like, what are your greater values, priorities, and goals? And how does that fit into the bigger picture? And I think in agriculture, we feel like we're exempt to that because we're like, oh, you just don't understand. I have to do it. And it's like, but do you? Yeah. Like, why do you have to like, and I understand if you have animals, that's a different kind of commitment than we have as row crop farmers. But at the same time, like, what do you actually have to do at the bare minimum on a Sunday? You know? And like, if something is so overwhelming that you literally can't not do it, but you hate it, like, why are you doing it then? Like, yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I love this conversation. And I love because I think that our generation is the most open to asking why and having those questions. And it's not easy. I mean, my husband and I are what, like seven, almost eight years in of being back on the farm. And those conversations did not come easily as first. But now, you know, it's like we have our groove. We know what our reality looks like. My husband knows exactly what ways he wants to grow and change and what ways he's like, but do I like more acres means more equipment, which means more people. Like at the end of the day, like how, how much is your growth actually making you more money or is it costing you more money? Right. There are thresholds. Yeah. There are thresholds. And it's important to recognize when you're at the top of that threshold and do you want to get bigger? Because the cost then also gets exponentially bigger. And that's the case if you're doing, you know, if you're picking up more ground or if you're picking up more animals or if you're, you know, if you're getting into a different commodity, whatever that is, like Mm -hmm. you've got to be aware that those thresholds exist and Mm -hmm. are, are a big deal, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh man. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you got us on this conversation because (laughs) I see so many conversations online people are just like, well, that's the way it is. Welcome to farming. And I'm like, no, no, there are no rules that dictate how you have to live your life. Just because you are in agriculture does not mean that you are exempt from intentionality. It does not mean you're exempt from asking the hard questions, from having the conversations around why are we not doing this? Or like, I yeah. need your help with this. Like, let's restructure what our day and our responsibility and our family dynamic looks like. And the reason our generation is having those conversations is because we did not grow up that way. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like we're learning from the mistakes of our parents. We're learning from my dad was never home before dark. My dad never, whatever, X, Y, Z, or my dad always X, Y, Z, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think that not only can we change and learn from other people's mistakes, but also like, let's start talking about that. Let's start Mm -hmm. talking about what it looks like to stop on Sundays at a certain time or to not work on Sundays or to stop in the evening at a certain time. And like, hey, this farm that I follow on social media, they stop at five o'clock on Sundays, Mm -hmm. no matter what. And so like they farm like 17,000 acres. So if they can do it, Mm -hmm. we can do it, you know? And so I just think that talking about those boundaries makes it easier to do, makes it easier to justify and helps us give ideas, right? Like I would have never thought, oh, you stop at five o'clock on Sundays. That thought would have never crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. Talking about these things and sharing ideas and brainstorming, or even just saying like, hey, here's what we do. Give it a shot. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling burnout, it's really helped us. You know, I, I think that that stuff cannot be, cannot go like it's so understated. It's so undervalued. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so important. Yeah. And it's like, well, why not try to do it a different way? And if it doesn't work, try it a different way. And if it doesn't work, okay, maybe we go back to the old way. But I think more than ever to stay relevant in agriculture or just in life and business and career in general, it's like being okay with asking the question why and being able to be willing to try it a different way. I think it's just what, you know, as we're seeing inputs prices go through the roof and this, that, and the other, like we have to start getting creative and getting curious about what our business models look like, how to stay relevant and how to also not burn ourselves to the ground physically, mentally, and emotionally in the process. Yeah. I used to like kind of when I first started off doing kind of personal growth, it was also like business growth and they were all tied Mm -hmm. together and I didn't really understand the difference. But now that I've really separated the two, it makes me want to take business growth and apply it to our farm operations. Mm -hmm. Because we take a look at kind of like principles of a good business and then we take the farm, which you know, maybe it's kind of a shit show sometimes, you know? <laughs> like, you know, we can apply these same ideas for business growth and personal development, all those things mm-hmm. to the farm and create also the farm that we want to have, just like yes. we created the life that we want to have, you know, yeah. and I think this, these conversations flow so well together. But mm-hmm. I know for me for a long time, it was like, nope, they are completely separate. Mm-hmm. And I will only do personal growth and personal development for my business and the farm uh, does its own thing. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. And that's so funny. You know, when we try to separate the two, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, not exclusively, but I do work with a lot of entrepreneurs. And It's like you cannot talk about the pain points in your business without getting really introspective in the pain points within yourself because it's such an extension of what you believe is possible and your insecurities or your, you know, the way that you work or your confidence around putting yourself out there. And I think agriculture is, is no different than that. Like your farm is an extension of you and your family and your values in your life. And if you're trying to pretend like, they are two separate entities. That's where that misalignment and that tension comes from. So I totally am with you. It's like the deeper I've gotten into personal development. And then my husband started to understand his own journey, the healthier his relationship with the farm and our family has gotten. And now we're at a place where we feel really good about that quote unquote balance, or let's just say <laughs> the blend of it all, which I think yes. we originally got on this topic. <laughs> I think that calling it the blend, like the language that we use is so important. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so let's throw out the term balance, throw out the <laughs> terms that don't work for us or that just inadvertently bring us shame mm-hmm. and pick a new word, right? Pick a new word. Somebody said alignment or harmony or different mm-hmm. things help you to kind of like feel differently about the concept. And I think that's really important too. Like if you you know, whatever. If, if you hate the word balance, throw it out. Now I'm going to like throw out the word balance because I just <laughs> feel like it's not appropriate anymore. Yeah. For me, it just makes me feel like I have to give equal parts of myself everywhere. And there's some days that, you know, my kids are home and my to-do list is not going to get looked at. And yeah. there are some days when 
my kids are home <laughs> and something has to get done for work. And I, you know, have to do that. You know, it's just like, yeah. I think for me, what it comes down to is that intentionality in the moment of like, how do I need to spend my time in this moment? How do I need to show up? And how does that fit in the bigger picture of how I want to show up in life? And if I can keep that as my guidepost, it helps me release some of the, oh, I should be doing this, or I didn't do enough of that, or blah, 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 is like understanding the big picture. And then also on a moment by moment basis of how is this serving me? How do I want to feel? Where does my attention and energy need to be? And then being okay with that, not retroactively being like, oh, I should have been doing this, or I shouldn't have been doing that. Like just letting it be. Yeah. I think that's so important. All right. Well, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much, Emily. Tell people where we can catch up with you, listen to your podcast and learn more about what you're up to. Absolutely. So I married someone with a funny last name and then decided to build a personal brand around it. So <laughs> as long as you can figure out how to spell my name, it's very easy to find me, but I am online at emilyrushell.com. That's R-E-U-S-C-H-E-L. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, under the same name, Emily Rushell. My podcast is called Gather in Growth. And if you really dug this conversation and it's got your wheels turning around what intentionality looks like or finding that blend or balance in your life, or, you know, this is kind of awoken that inner knowing that something's not quite right. I'm actually hosting a retreat for rural women in Gulf Shores, Alabama this March. And this is ultimately what we dig into is asking the hard questions, laying out all of those responsibilities and priorities and expectations on the table and then challenging them, rearranging them, then doing some really cool, like I talked about, like kind of that reverse engineering goals and then building an action plan to move forward. So it's called the Ascend Retreat. You can find a little bit more information on the website, but ultimately shoot me a message on Instagram. We can book a one-on-one -on -one call and talk about how it could serve you in this season. That would just be, I think, the most incredible step. Absolutely. I've done that retreat twice now, and there is not a single person who has come who hasn't walked away forever changed in their own unique way, which is the coolest part about the work that I do. That is awesome. Oh my gosh. So fun. And I will link to everything that way you don't have to uh, remember how to spell Russell and <laughs> all that good stuff. So it's at the bottom of the show notes, one click away. And thank you again, Emily. This has been so incredible. Have all a good right. day. Thank you. You too. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushell over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.